Mark's gospel, we're going to begin there. I'm going to talk just today only about the unseen kingdom. Mark 9, and I probably ought to get there if I'm asking everybody else to turn there and look. Mark 9, it says this, And he said to them, Assuredly I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. Let me say that again. He said there's some here. Now that was not here. Not some here. Some back then. In other words, he didn't say all of them will. But he said there are some here that will see the kingdom of God present and it says present with power. So present and present with power because there can be a difference. You know, if you have the kingdom and a kingdom that has power and he said there are some standing here who will see this. Well, if you're a student of the Bible, you know that there was one person who couldn't see it. He was the betrayer of Jesus. And before Jesus died and rose again, or while he was on trial, he hung himself. He had betrayed the Lord. And so he was one of them who did not see the fulfillment of this. But he said, there's coming a time, and he said, and it's so near, you guys will see it, and it will be present with power. That's huge. Because there are a lot of ideas in the world about kings and kingdoms and ways to God. And uh, there's only one with real power or with God-backed power. And so turn with me to Luke 17. Jesus made this statement. And I think it's so important because if we're looking for the kingdom to come... And we understand that someday Jesus will return and he will set up an earthly kingdom. We recognize that by looking at the word of God. But was Jesus talking about that or something else when he talked about the kingdom coming with power? Some people have said, you know, shortly after he made these statements, he was up on the mountain and... and uh, you know, some of the disciples saw him transfigured, you know, the glory of God. And if you've never read the story, the power of God so illuminated Jesus, he, I mean, he lit up more than a light bulb. I mean, just with the power and glory of God and uh, a cloud of glory came over. And some people have said, well, well, that's, that must have been what he was talking about. But that's not what he was talking about. So Luke 17 describes this kingdom that he's talking about coming with power. This kingdom makes the difference between a believer or a Christian or whatever you want to call it, the person who has received the Lord, and anybody else in the world, and any other religion in the world, or any other way that people say there is, there's only one that's like this. In Luke 17, Jesus made this statement in the 20th verse. He said, 
And when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. Now we read that the kingdom of God would come. And when it would come, it would come in power. It's the word that we get the word dynamite from. In the English language, it would come in real power. When we sing songs, it's way different than other people singing songs. Because there's power that is manifest when we praise God. It's the same type of power he's talking about. He said here that the Pharisees asked, When the kingdom of God would come, and he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Now it comes with power, but it doesn't come with observation. What an interesting thought. You, you can't observe it, but there is power. Real power. Well, will we recognize? Will it just blow through? What, what is this? He, he goes on to explain. Nor will they say, or will people say, see here, or see there. Look, over here over there. He said, for indeed, the kingdom of God is within or will be within you. Another translation says, the reign and the rule of God will become in man. What a difference, you know, from what the disciples thought. They even asked the Lord right before he was caught up to heaven, are you going to return the kingdom to Israel now? Because all the Jewish people were waiting for that. This time when that they would be, you know, the center of the whole world. And someday that will happen when the Lord comes again and He sets up His throne there. But before, I mean, we're talking 2,000 years. And He said way back then that there would come the kingdom and the kingdom of God would come not with an outward observation. Wouldn't it be cool if we could tell people, look at this. But, even though we can't tell people, you know, look, there's the kingdom, there is power in the kingdom. And the kingdom of God can be in an individual. That's what makes Christianity so different. Think about it. I mean, you can tell somebody, I know the Lord. I really do. And they're like, come on. Nobody's ever run into that. <laughs> What's so special about it? And you're like, man, it's so awesome. It's real. It's this. And you can name all kinds of things, but they can't outwardly observe it. But the invitation is the kingdom of God can be in them. The kingdom of God can be in anybody. You know, the Bible tells us that we're to entertain angels, you know, or entertain people or strangers because sometimes we may entertain angels unaware. Now, sometimes people say that's supernatural angels manifesting, but it's the word angelos or messenger. Messenger. You know, in other words, be nice to other people. Uh, be, be kind to strangers because some of them may be messengers or people of God. 
Well, if they're people of God, then they're people who are endued with power and have the kingdom in them. That's different than anybody else in the world who doesn't know the Lord. So he said, be careful to be kind to other people because when you do, you could be uh, entertaining or being kind to somebody else who has the kingdom within them. And it's something special. And when you realize that you, if you are a believer, are something way different than the world. You know, King David said, he said, Lord, return unto me the joy of your salvation. Now I understand they couldn't be saved like we can be saved, where they're made brand new on the inside. But their sins could be forgiven back then, and they had a covenant with God, and it did influence them, and he said, return to me. Well, we could say it like this. Sometimes we just need to remember what we've already got when we receive the Lord. Some people's experience is so profound after they've accepted the Lord, it, it drives them the rest of their life. Now really, it does try to drive everybody. But the issue is, sometimes people are looking outward instead of looking inward. Now this is not self-help. This is God help. This is God doing something in a person when they receive the Lord. This is Him transforming and making them new and putting His power in them. Putting His life in them. Notice this in Romans 14. The kingdom of God is unseen. The kingdom of God is real. Just because others don't know about it doesn't mean we can't not only know about it, but experience it. And live according to its dictates and its rules and its laws. Because every kingdom has laws. The United States is called a kingdom. You know, London or, you know, England, you know, we call that, that area the United Kingdom. You know, a lot of people know Saudi Arabia, the Middle East is in the news. Their literal name is the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. There are natural governments and there are rules that govern natural countries, kingdoms. But, you know, there is a spiritual kingdom that has rules that govern it, too. And I should say, and I will in a minute, there's more than one kingdom. Romans, whether people realize it or not, there is more than one kingdom. Romans 14. And if you don't mind, I'll just kind of intrude. Realize this, you live in a natural kingdom and there are rules that we like in our kingdom called the United States. Right? Some people are wanting to defend different things and we need to fight for these rules. But in all reality, the real good rules that rule in this country are because of another kingdom's influence. And some people are fighting trying to keep these natural uh, laws in place without appropriately doing the right thing. What do I mean? Those rules need to be 
influenced by the kingdom of God. Otherwise, what we do is we become political and we get division between people and we get in an argument because you're a Democrat, I'm an independent, and you're a Republican, and you're a Green Party, and you just party. And, and we've all got our problems and our differences, and you need to become a Democrat, and you need to become independent, and everybody's arguing about everything. And really, if we want to change people, they need the kingdom of God in them, then we'll influence the earth appropriately. Are you with me? But here's the thing. We need to recognize that. There are different kingdoms. There are natural kingdoms and there are spiritual kingdoms. And every person in the world is in one or the other. You know, or I should say, is in a natural kingdom and a spiritual kingdom, and everybody is in a kingdom. And then everybody is in a spiritual kingdom. One thing about natural kingdoms, there are, I don't know, hundreds of them. Spiritual kingdoms, two, 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 sit, just two. Now God recognizes three people groups when he talks about the Jew, the Gentile, and the church of God, but there's only two kingdoms, just two spiritual ones. God looks at natural kingdoms, and he recognizes bunches of them, and if you read the Bible, he names bunches of them by name. But the kingdom we're talking about mostly today is a spiritual kingdom, a kingdom of power that has come into the believer and can come into anybody. Here, here we need to recognize it's a kingdom of power or a kingdom of, an, of real ability. And it's a kingdom without observation. That's what's so wild is you can have people who go, why do those people go to church and they could be driving by and empty and thinking life is miserable or and thinking what's wrong with me? And then they think, why are these people going to church? That's lame. What, they sing songs and you can't see anybody. And they read a book and a guy gets up and talks and I'm talking right now. But you know, there's something different once you get the kingdom in you and you read the book. If you will be persistent in reading the book and then staying sensitive to God by responding to Him, this book will burn in you. It will respond to the kingdom within you. The king of the kingdom will unveil this book to you. It will be a living thing because the words of this book are full of power. But they're not just in power, you know, active. There needs to be a response to them. You know, when we were little, we used to light firecrackers. I guess you still do that as an adult. But then after like the 4th of July or New Year's, you go out and collect the ones because you, when you're small, you, you know, your parents aren't like, well, we're allotting you this much money to buy things that blow up. 
You know, they don't do So you go out and find firecrackers, and then you see some that weren't blown up. You remember this? And you peel the end off of it, and you reveal the fuse, and you can light it again, and then, because it was a dud, but it wasn't really. Nobody knows what I'm talking about? Thank you. Some honest people, some kids were shaking their head, but not raising their hand. Totally understand that. But... You know what I'm saying, and you go out there and light that, and you have to work on it. There is power there. You just need to get that power active. I remember one time uh, somebody had told me, I've been told a lot of things. I was hopefully more gullible as a kid and not as an adult, but I've been told things over time, like these older kids told me there was like these horse corrals up the street, and they said, you know, if there's electric wire on the top, and if you just lick your hands and grab it, it won't even hurt you. I was like, okay. Uh. I remember getting shocked. That hurt really, really bad. I remember finding a big rock and getting it up on the post and then breaking the wire after thinking, I was so mad at the wire. And it wasn't the wire. It was dummy that had literally licked his hands and went, eh. That was not smart. But anyway, somebody had told me most of the gunpowder is at the top of the firecracker. You know where we're going. So you can take those little ones and hold them in your finger. So I unpeeled that thing. You know right now they didn't blow my finger off, but I literally lit that thing, peeled it back, and that thing blew up. I remember my ears were ringing, my fingers were numb, and I looked thinking, what did I just do? The Bible said a wise man can learn from a fool's ways. In other words, don't do that. It's stupid. But there was power there. And, and, you know, I remember a friend of mine and we, we had a rocket engine, and it didn't work right. We unwrapped that thing, put it in full, and we kept flicking matches on it. And we were trying to get this thing to light and trying to release the power. I remember that thing blew up like a mushroom cloud, and I remember it just burned the hair up my arm, up his arms, because we were flicking matches. And then we thought, it ain't doing it. went poof, and our hair, you know, that was great. But, you know, there's power in the book. There's some people who have never flicked a match at it and they're a believer or they would do themselves good to flick matches at it. You say, what do you mean? These matching eyes or one of them or something and get your eyes in the book until it does something in you. Stay in the book until the book gets in you. Because there's power in the book and there's power in you as a believer to unveil the truth of the Word of God. So Romans 14. Romans 14. And here's the thing. It's one thing to preach a message. It's another thing to go do it. You can get thrilled through a message. When you put it into practice, that's when it begins to do something to you. That's when it does something to you. Ready? Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Well, what does that mean? Well, he was writing here basically saying it's not about religious festivals. It's not about rituals. It's not about doing religious things. You know, because a lot of people think that 
you know, the kingdom of God is about a bunch of rules. You've got to keep this feast, and you've got to keep this thing, and you've got to live a certain way. Now, I believe we should live right, but there's a way to live right, and there are some people who live right because they think it's a bunch of rules, and that's what it's about, and it's not. And both of them, both ways, may appear the same. In other words, oh, I'm doing this, I'm praying, I'm reading, I'm, I'm doing these religious things. And then there are other people who do them because there's something working in them. And he said the kingdom of God really is that way. And we'll look at another verse of Scripture. I understand there is a time in our lives maybe whereby religious duty, we do what we know we're supposed to do. But at the same time, once a person knows the Lord, the Bible said God works in you to will, to want, to do of his good pleasure. If you would respond to that and get those things worked in you and start working, you'll want to read. You have to move away and suppress the things of the kingdom of God to not walk with God. Are you with me? Why? Because it's God who works in you. The Bible said when a person gets recreated in Christ, in Ephesians 2.10, it said you or whoever were made new were created in God, in Christ, unto good works. See, there's a difference between doing good works to be accepted and to be right with God, and there's a difference between doing good works because I'm right and created to do this. They both can appear the same, but they can be vastly different. The people who are doing good works to be accepted by God are usually harsh on other people, are critical of other people, because they look at themselves and, and they can live a real condemned life too. Because they look at themselves and think, man, I'm not measuring up. And anybody else they see not measuring up, they can be real harsh on them. And when they're doing good, they'll be full of pride and full of self. Because look at me and look at what I've done and look at how I'm living. That's inappropriate. You'll live as a roller coaster. But if you realize God is the one who made me right in Christ. God is the one who made me accepted. God's the one who made me a new creation. God's the one who created me unto good works. God is the one who died so I might be dead to sin so I could live unto righteousness. You know, all those verses, then you start realizing I live this way as a result of something. Not to produce something. To make me more loved by God. You can't. I mean, if God loves sinners and they're on their way to hell, what are you going to do to make God love you more? Somebody said, I'm in trouble. No, you just don't know God's love. You think it's conditional. Instead of feeling like throwing your Bible at me, read it. Let's just read it, okay? Let's finish this. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not religious service and religious duty. Notice, but what it is, it's righteousness. Now the Bible tells us righteousness is a gift. 
You can go back to the fifth chapter. It says those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of right standing. Why? Because nobody by their good works can be in good standing with God or you don't need a Savior. We have a Savior to get in right standing. But then when you're made new and when God comes and lives in you, He doesn't come all weaky. You know, like weak. Or for a week. He comes in power. And so, and it's not with observation, but I'll tell you what. You fellowship with God, you can recognize at different times that, yeah, He's in me. He lives in me. So many Christians don't realize that they are the temple of the living God. And the world for sure doesn't know it because they'll tell you, well, if you go to church, the building will fall on me. No, it won't. You don't have that much power to make a building fall. Ready to keep reading? This is what the kingdom of God is. Not eating and drinking, not religious rules, but it's righteousness. It's peace. And it's joy in the Holy Spirit. It's righteousness. What does that mean? It's the same word justified, declared like you've not sinned. It, being put right with God. That's what happens to people when they receive the Lord. They receive right standing with God. God comes in them and recreates them and makes them brand new. He puts His life and His ability. He puts peace in people. Jesus told the disciples, I am going to give you peace that the world does not know. Well, that's not without word observation. He also said in that same context, He said, I'm going to give you joy that nobody will be able to take away from you. That's not an outward observation. In other words, you can't see joy come floating along. And he talked about the power of life, of eternal life, being in a believer. Are you with me? These are not outward observations. Can they make for outward observations? Yes. Absolutely. They totally can. So I said this, there are two kingdoms. There's a natural kingdom or natural kingdoms and there are, I should say, there are two different types of kingdoms. Natural kingdom, spiritual kingdom. Concerning the spiritual kingdom, there's only two. We read these verses, some of these often, this one right here in Colossians 1. And this is important because there is so much truth to be harvested out of this verse Colossians 1, and we'll keep looking at these until the Lord comes back. Not the same verse every time, but Colossians, the first chapter. It's important for us to know we're different than the world. Colossians 1, you are different than the world, and you need to remember what you've got. And you need to remember who's in you. And you need to remember there's power in you that can be activated. And there is peace in you. And there is joy in you. And there is the power of the Spirit along with other things. Colossians 1 verse 13 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Literally, it's the kingdom of darkness. And has conveyed, the King James says, 
translated. My margin says transferred us into the kingdom, into the kingdom, into the kingdom. He translated us into the kingdom, but that's not with outward observation. Wouldn't that be a cool thing? All of a sudden you're praying with somebody, they lead them to the Lord and they disappear. They got translated into the other kingdom. No, it's a spiritual translation. It, it happens when somebody gives their life to the Lord. They come out from Satan's domain and they come under the Lord's domain and they're translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Those are the two kingdoms in the earth. That's why Jesus was born. That's why we celebrate Santa Claus. In case you were wondering. One, one man said, I'll never take my kid to get a picture with Santa at the mall. Somebody else asked him why. He said, you rearrange his name and it's Satan. And he wears a red suit. Somebody's like, really? Write that down. It was a joke. But the fact of the matter is there are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God's dear son. And there's the kingdom of Satan. And all of humanity was sold under Satan's dominion and kingdom. Because do you know, like 2 Corinthians tells us in the 4th chapter, in the 4th verse, it says Satan is the god of this world. Lowercase g. How did he get that? When man sinned. And so there's two kingdoms. There's only one way out of that other kingdom. And it's not by good works. Not of religious works that you can do. So that eliminates all religions of the world, including Christianity, for works to get you out of that kingdom. At Judy, it does not matter. You, you, you don't have to become a better person to get out of that kingdom. You become a better person. You actually become a new person when you get out of that kingdom. Somebody said, well, how do I get out of that kingdom? It's not by being baptized. It's not by being a member of a church. You have to be born into the new one. And it's not hard to do. It, it literally, it, it, you know, because some people say, oh, you know, I feel good when I come here. Well, I do too. But just experience something good doesn't get you into that kingdom either. But when someone receives the Lord, God moves them out of the kingdom of darkness and moves them into the kingdom of His dear Son and takes out the old out of their spirit and gives new. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. That means they're spiritually dead. Doesn't mean they don't exist. It just means they're absent of this power, this life this ability, this peace, this good standing, this kingdom in them. Or you could say, in you. You're somebody. You are somebody. A ton of value when it comes to God. Notice, for He delivered, He has delivered us, from the power or the rule of darkness and conveyed or translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. We're in the kingdom 
uh, that God loves, and when you're in there, man, there's love. So there's two natural, you know, two sets of kingdoms, a natural and a spiritual. Within the spiritual, there's two. You with me? And the other side of this, turn to 1 John 5, is everybody, no matter where they live in the world, if they're in the other kingdom, they're influenced by that kingdom. People need to realize this. There are two kingdoms besides the natural kingdoms trying to influence people, how they'll live and what they'll do. That is the truth. And sometimes people don't know that live in the world, but they're preaching their kingdom. They are. They're preaching their kingdom, and it's not a matter of winning a battle of, of truth, so to speak. It's about getting them saved. Because here's the thing. People don't realize often that they are preaching the kingdom. And we need to be careful we're not proclaiming things of that kingdom either. Because we're not part of that kingdom if we're saved. But you know, people do sometimes, they don't even realize it. They're proclaiming things of the other kingdom. I remember one time I was in a bar, because that's where you had to get the food to go. People are, oh, where are we going with this? So I was in the bar, and I was at the end of the bar, and the person said, you want something to drink? I said, a martini. No, I didn't say that. I don't drink. I got set free in 1985. And I said, yeah, I'll just have a water. You know, said, well, or the person said, well, you're ordering to go. And if I go to a, a bar that has food to go and they do that, if they give me something that looks like a mixed drink or something, you know, because sometimes they put it in the same drink, they put a little straw in it or something, and I'm like, looks like everybody else, I won't even drink it. You know why? I don't want people to think, oh, there's Pastor Dave. And some people who are weak will go, cool, I got set free, but it's okay. Just a side thought. But I was standing there, and somebody said something of, you know, so I started, I threw in my two cents. You know, I'm going to talk to them about the Lord. I didn't know you're not allowed to do that at a bar. So this one girl there just goes, you can't talk about that here. So now another person jumps in. I said, what a better, where's no better place to talk about it than here. She didn't know she was under the influence of the enemy. She just blurted it out of her mouth. She didn't realize she was being used. That didn't make her evil. Peter did it one time to Jesus, and I'm not going to let you do it. Jesus recognized, no, you're speaking by the wrong thing. And how many people are pushing certain ideas, you know, because we just want everybody to feel accepted and everybody to feel good about everything they're doing. And um, we shouldn't. Because some people may be being convicted and they need that. Not, not to condemn and, you know, 
And not to say, oh, we're just so perfect. You know, that's, what it, that's not what I'm talking about. But what I am talking about is we have a kingdom of power. Amen? We should be spreading it better than the coronavirus. 1 John 5, 19. We know that we are of God. Do you know that you're of God? If you're saved, you should know you are of God. You should know that there's a kingdom in you. The only way you're going to know it is through the truth, not by your feelings. By the truth. Not, hey, feelings should follow the truth, not proceed the truth. And when you get over among us spirit-filled people, we love feelings, but they should always be second. I mean, I'm not sitting up here when we're singing songs and they're leading worship and you start sensing God. I'm like, oh, I don't like this, Lord. No, I like that. But it needs to come second to the truth. Because the truth will tell you things your feelings will lie to you about. Thank you for your excitement. <laughs> nothing like getting excited about the truth, right? We know that we are of God. And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Not, not us, but that sway blows. It's like a, it's showing us a picture of wind blowing and trying to sway a tree and sway leaves. And, and you can't see wind. Nobody sees wind. But we say it all the time. Look out the window. See the wind? We should look back and go, no, but I see a bunch of trees moving. Oh, see the wind? Look at the flag. No, I don't see the wind, but I see the flag moving. There's a real truth in that thought. You don't see the wind, you see its effects. We don't see the wind of the enemy blowing, but we see the effect. And it can be that way on you. It will blow in, try and blow discouragement. It will blow in and say, well, just let everybody live the way they want to live. I mean, I'm going to let people live how they are living because I can't stop them, but I'm going to reach people and God will change them. The whole world lives and lies or is under the sway of the wicked one. And you know, the Bible tells us that by looking at some of the natural things, you can observe them and recognize some of the unseen things. Well, there are weather patterns. Why is it windy sometimes and not others? Why is it sometimes you're on cloud nine in ecstasy almost in your walk with God? And other times you're like, I'm going to really go for it. And I'm going to press further. And all of a sudden you're like, why? What's going on? I thought it would just be easy. The wind blows. You know, first in, in John's gospel, the third chapter, he said everybody who's born of the Spirit is like that. The wind blows where it will. In other words, both are invisible forces. The sway that blows on the world 
and the sway that blows upon the believer. Knew you'd be excited about that. Here's a thought. If God's in control of everything, why did he just say here, the world's under the sway of the wicked one? He would, he would have said, I'm in control of them. No, he's not. And then we come up with stupid ideas. God's in control of all this, and, I, and he just, you know, everything happens for a reason. You better be careful how you do your math. Because the person who got abused by their husband for 20 years and somebody tells them, well, everything happens for a reason, God's in control, that is stupid. Don't tell people that. That was devil stuff. That's evil stuff. Because you just get done telling a lady she got to get beat for 20 years because God was trying to work something out in her. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to say something. No, the world is under the sway of the wicked one. We're not. But don't tell me you haven't ever had his wind blow. But you can resist it. Romans 8.14 tells us that the believer is led by the Spirit of God. That's an invisible leading. Let's close over here in Hebrews 12. We have an invisible kingdom, and someday we will enter into the kingdom, but He has made it for these last 2,000 years that His kingdom would be in you. You need to acknowledge that, not based on how you feel. There is something way bigger than your feelings. I know that may not seem true because how many people think their feelings are the pinnacle of life? You hurt my feelings. My feelings have been hurt. Woe unto your feelings. Now, I'm not saying let's be mean to people. That would be counterproductive. But all of us are going to have our feelings quote-unquote hurt. You can't live according to your feelings. You do that, you will live bruised. Jesus came and he said, I'm here to heal the bruised. He wants people to get past that. But if you hold stuff against people, you won't get past it. God can restore a soul and heal a bruise. I mean, really, really do something, but you just can't hold things. This is going over awesome right now. <laughs> no, because people do. Christians should be the best at letting things go. We should be better than anybody because the kingdom we have and the spirit that's in us is the spirit of power. Skip the next part. No love. That means there's power in you to forgive. Not power to hold things. Hey. It's good to preach. It's good to say amen. Sometimes it's good to say oh me. One preacher said you can tell 
where when you're preaching good by the dog that barks, because when you wherever you throw the rock, whatever dog gets hit goes, you know. So you can't even say that nowadays, because everybody's like, oh, you're hurting a dog? That was an analogy. <laughs> Jesus would have a tough time today on the earth. He would. Oh, my. Somebody said, oh, no, everybody would love him. One, I mean, one time he called somebody a dog. They came for healing. He said, no, it's not right to give what belongs to the children of God to dogs. You, dog. And he wasn't the guy from American Idol going, yo, dog. He was calling him a dog. They're all sweet. Jesus said that? Yeah, he did. Yeah, dog. He ignored people. He was awesome. Amen. 28. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Wow, there's something in every believer that cannot be shaken. You know, it's interesting if you read the verse before, it talks about if we build things in our lives that are our own way and our own desires and just do our own things, we add shaky things to it. But he said, God will speak to you to make adjustments to remove the things that are shaky or can be shaken. Therefore, since we are receiving and have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace. Grace is God's ability that He gives you when you get saved. There's much to say about grace. Grace is there and you receive it. That's God's gifting. And it's more than unearned favor. It is ability. It is so much. It is strength. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which, or by this grace, we may serve God. Not by your own might, not by your own power, but by His grace. You have a kingdom of power, and you have a kingdom of grace in you. Notice this. By which we may serve God acceptably, in a way that's pleasing to Him, with reverence and godly fear. Wow, what an influence on a human being. What a way to live if we would respond to the grace He's given. Amen? Not just your own good deeds. I guarantee you this, one thing about His grace one apostle who served God and wrote in the new te- wrote the new part of the new testament said his grace is sufficient for me when i'm weak or in weakness himself he talked about how grace or ability was accessible and able to be walked in remember in james he said if anybody's tempted going through a tough time he said let him pray why tap into that grace Tap into that grace. If you're proud and doing your own thing, he said, humble yourself and he'll give you more grace. But when you're proud 
he said he knows those people from afar off, but the proud, the humble, he knows close and he gives more grace. And his grace is sufficient to walk this walk till he comes. We don't have to be weak. We don't have to shrivel up before he comes. We don't have to turn into a prune before he returns and fumble around. We can be strong when he comes. Amen? And if our loved ones go on, they'll be waiting for us. But we'll be strong. Amen?